recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City. Martial Culture Podcast, your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with Coach Renee Dreyfus and Matt Peters. Ring the bell and let's get it on. Bing, bing, bing. We're here. Martial Culture Podcast. Hi, Renee. How are you? Hey, Matt. How's it going? Good, good. I'm very happy we did not bet on last night's uh, UFC event. No kidding. There was some. <laughs> there was some fights last night. That was uh, that was pretty spectacular. Yeah, disappointing in some areas, surprising in others, uh, not surprising in some. Um, yeah, yeah, but it was, sure. it was a good, it was a good event overall. And, and, uh, well, I want to go through the fights and see what was interesting. I also, as I was saying before we start, uh, uh, recording, I think there's a real interesting perspective that we can take that kind of brings us to what we always talk about is like why martial arts exist the way they are historically. Why do some martial arts work? Some don't. And what are some approaches to fighting and how do they different? Uh, how do different, why do these different approaches exist? Mm-hmm. And I think Yoel Ramar is someone we really need to talk about. And we can, we can use that as a really interesting platform. But before we do that, we can go over some of the, some of the other fights too. Uh, there were some amazing things and horrible things that happened in the, in the fight last night. Mm-hmm. And the, on the, 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 um, the undercard and they replayed the fight. I don't know if you saw it. I did uh, not see they, that. So after the main event, they, yeah. the Israel, Adesanya, Adesanya and uh, Wilkinson. Did you see that fight? Mm-mm. It was a barn burner. These these are you know two relatively unknown fighters, and obviously Wilkinson was an amazing. He's an amazing grappler, and uh, uh, the Israel Adesanya is um. This kid is coming up. He's been compared to John Jones. Your you know your favorite the, for the and, cocaine use or other things. No, I mean. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> no, for his, you know, his skill. His skill. And Good. he's, he's a striker. He's, his striking technique is very crisp. And my God, this kid's takedown defense was unreal. So he got taken down once and he did a, like, kind of like a tumble cartwheel and just got right up. And mm-hmm. it was like, it was amazing. And the guy couldn't take him down. And, you know, generally speaking, when you, when a grappler who is, uh, uh, a very significant grappler fighting a striker who does not come from a grappling background. The grappler has advantage. As we saw in the, in the main event, you know, the, the fight where we're going to talk about later, mm-hmm. the, the, um, hunt, hunt fight. But, you know, when it's grappling versus striking, all things being equal, generally speaking, the grappler can take the striker out of his game plan mm-hmm. and kind of put him on his back and, and demolish him. And that was Wilkinson's strategy. And he was shot in so many times and every single time. This kid, this new, this rookie just got up and just, just defended beautifully. And, um, and Wilkinson, I, I was a high level jujitsu fighter, you know, just could not put the fight on the floor, got outstruck and then wound up, um, losing interest. And this is one of the few examples of a kind of a more, more pure striker, uh, with great takedown defense. Kind of reminds me of Joanna Djurjic, you know, um, where the takedown defense is amazing. And, uh, really, really got the striking game going. It's kind of like, uh, I mean, people compare him to John Jones, but you know what? He reminds me more, uh, of, of old school Chuck Liddell, mm-hmm. where he, the kid can punch and you just cannot put him on the floor, or keep him there. And this, this kid, um, someone to watch, uh, Adesanya. This is an amazing, amazing fight. Really, really, really technical striking and 
unbelievable takedown defense. Like, unbelievable. Just fantastic. You want to learn how to stop takedowns? Do what this kid does. <laughs> nice. Like, I was just sitting there. I was like, wow, this kid is going places. He's huh. really something else. Are they new? They're new to the UFC? Yeah, it's, it's his first fight. It was his first one? Yeah, huh? I don't think, I don't think Wilkinson was his first fight. He had, I, I believe, I had to check. You know, honestly, I didn't check his record, but as I understand that, was listening to the commentary, I, I hadn't seen either before, but the other guy's been signed for a little bit. But Addison, this is his debut, Addison's debut, mm-hmm. and he came heralded as like someone to watch, and man, he delivered. Mm-hmm. This kid was something else. Now, there's the other one on the same, um, this is a little bit after, but uh, Tuivasa and Asker. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Tuivasa was also new to the UFC. Big, big underdog. Uh, and uh, Asker is a French um, fighter, He's champion from from Europe. And uh, Tuivasa is like like a young Mark Hunt. This kid, though, have you seen the highlight reel? He's he's huge. He's like two sixty five. No, no, that oh. he's like, no, like two sixty five. He's got like f- flying knee KOs where he's. He's like basketball player high. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, he's, he's, he's floating in the air, like, you know, like he's levitating, you know, wow. you know, six feet off the floor. How does someone that big, you know, be that athletic? And is he tall too, or just a husky 265? He's, 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 he's a Mark Hunt. You know, he's like that mm-hmm. Samoan build where he's like square. <laughs> he's all, he's all hips and, and, uh, and he was very technical. And he, I mean, the only word to say was, holy shit, this guy's got power. Huh. You know, he's eight fights, eight first round TKOs. Last night was the ninth. Every single fight is a KO in the first round. 100% KO That's record. That's great. Yeah. And, um, they need new blood in the heavyweight division. Yeah. So, oh my God, this kid, he's Mark, he's young Mark Hunt, mm-hmm. but better. <laughs> you know, Mark Hunt 2.0. Yeah. Unbelievable power. Like this guy, uh, he, 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 he did an overhand elbow and you, it was like, like a shotgun blast. But it was a boom, and you're like, whoa. That, that was like, that got French guy. He was, he, he, this guy obviously, I maybe mean, he's not the world's best fighter, but he was not bad. You could tell he knew what he was doing. And he, he was, he had his hands up and you look like he was just crying there from every blow. He was like, oh, oh. And I fell for him. I'm no disrespect. He's a great fighter. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, I, it was, you're like, again, like we we're talking about the referee should stop the fight. The referee stopped it after the guy tripped. Because, because he was just taking such a beating. He's like, look, I'm going to step in here. And, mm-hmm. and, and he kind of got shoved down by, um, Tuivasa, but it was over. I mean, he had taken so much punishment. He's sitting at ropes and he's, he's just like, uh, 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 and just eating it. Mm-hmm. And uh, every single punch was, you know, boom, boom, boom. This kid has power. Unreal. In striking, obviously, size and mass and mm-hmm. speed are very important. But, you know, definitely technique plays a part. But this kid has both. He's very, very sharp. And he just, these bazookas in his fists. Mm-hmm. They're not bazookas, you know, howitzers. Yeah. He, this kid is, you know, he's a young Mark Hunt. And, you know, then we have comes coming into, um, uh, the Hunt fight, which was when, you know, that's, again, we were talking about striker versus grappler. And you said you were a little bit surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they took it, that, it was, he was, Hunt was kind of controlling the fight when it was standing. He got some really good shots in. In the he beginning, did. he did, um, and some shots that probably would have taken somebody, a lesser fighter, out. Oh, well, I thought I thought Blades was gone in yeah. the first round. He stumbled a little bit after he oh, got knocked. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, he was, he was, he was on, you know, uh, 
Shell shock. Shell shock. Yeah, he was yeah. dazed for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then he, you know, did the right thing and, and took it to the ground and body slammed that. Like picked oh him up God. off the ground. Did you, you know what? You know what? I watched it and the cage shook. Like, <laughs> the cage. like it was like, okay, you are taking like a orca and slamming him. Yeah. And I not mean, once. He, multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because in the academy where we were uh, actually training that technique, the mat return. So my wife is like, Oh, that's a suplex. I'm like, No, it's not a suplex. It's a mat return. And there's a technical difference. But then, mm-hmm. then after he did a bunch of mat returns, then what does he do? Cause he tried the suplex. It didn't work and he tripped him. That was in the first round. Then, and he took him down and then. Then he's like, no, no, I gotta get a suplé. And he went, and he did it. He demarked, he suplé Mark Hunt. I mean, how do you do that? It was like, whoa, bam! And the earth shook. I'm, I'm surprised that some seismologist didn't register like, you know, 2.0 on the Richter some, scale or some something. Some guy in the middle of the China Sea is like, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Tremors, yeah. and, you know. It's a tsunami, tsunami Butterfly effect. Mark Hunt effect. Is oh my God. Hashtag and, Mark Hunt. But again, it's like you're dealing with, uh, uh-huh. um, uh, uh, Razor, you know, Blades, and, um, he, um, what's his first name again? Um, I forgot. You know, his, yeah, his fight name is Razor. Yeah. And, um, um, was it, it's not Curtis, right? I feel like we should at least find out to be respectful. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, but, uh, striker versus grappler. And the, but the thing is, you know, what's actually funny. There's one point in the fight where Hunt is being mounted and it's very hard to mount Hunt. Because he's so round. Mm-hmm. And even though Blades is a big guy, you could tell he's kind of floating on Hunt's belly. And Hunt does this. He does this. Curtis. He goes like, Curtis, right? Oh, it's Curtis, right? He goes like this. And mm-hmm. he belly bumps him off. <laughs> like, wow, that's not really technique, but Can that's actually Roy kind Nelson of Roy cool. Nelson versus uh, Mark Hunt. Have they done, have they fought? They, they don't have fought, fought. Uh, they Hunt, have Hunt, uh, Hunt beat him. Um, I'm sorry to dis- distract you. Yeah. No, not at all. But it was, it was a, a belly bump yeah. escape. It, Hunt has actually, I think that body type is a nightmare for a lot of grapplers because he's mm-hmm. just so he's so round. Where do you get where do you get leverage? Yeah, yeah. There's nothing. I mean, he's just yeah. a big ball of muscle, <laughs> and I mean, the guy is strong too. Yeah, and his grappling is terrible. Like it's just technically terrible. But for his body type, he just needs to go blunk, and he gets mm-hmm. up. And you know, um, it's funny because he actually fought Fedor. Uh, I don't even know Fedor. You know Fedor? I mean, like yeah, 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 yeah. Used to be considered one of the best in the in business, yeah. and he. Actually, almost put him in a submission. Funny enough, Hunt? and Fedor, Fedor, yeah, it was weird. Fedor sat on him. I mean, if Hunt sat, Hunt was on top of Fedor, and suddenly Fedor's like, "Holy crap, this guy's heavy!" Like, I mean, it's no joke. That yeah. you know, he has a weird, not weird. That's that's disrespectful, but but a very um, he's unique, unique body type that mm-hmm. is very hard to hold down. And you could see that Blades really, really um worked a lot. It thought about how he's gonna hold him down and he held him down in half guard mm-hmm. and hooked his leg. He did try to mount him, but then he realized it wasn't going going well. So he really stayed to the half guard. So he he was constantly hooking Hunt's leg. So Hunt would have trouble scrambling and the ground and pound was ferocious. Mm-hmm. Then finally he mounted and he got to the high mount where Hunt's belly is much wider than his shoulders. So once he got by his shoulders and he was unleashing that flurry, you know, that was um that was, uh, uh, you know, kind of the end of the mm. end of the story. So that that was interesting. But I, I know there's a fight that you one more fight before we get to the the main event that you um you didn't see. You said, but this is again we're talking about ring safety last week. Lee uh Lee uh, Jing Liang versus uh, Matthews. Oh my God, one of the worst fouls I've ever seen in MMA. So um, Matthews was winning the fight and uh, put him in, uh, Lee Jing Liang. 
uh, who's considered one of the best fighters out of China today. And I think the UFC has been pushing him, but he is a dirty, dirty fighter. He was warned repeatedly for grabbing gloves the whole fight. And the ref is standing over Tim to his left, telling him not to uh, hold the glove. The other hand, he sticks his thumb, fingers, fingers like this, three thumb and three, two fingers in the guy's eye and just jams it in there and kind of like moves aside. I can't say it was intentional, but it really looked like he was shifting away from the ref's vision so that he could stick the finger in another, and he got it. The guy had to give up the guillotine. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, which is actually why I don't teach the traditional guillotine in, in my, in my school. We really focus on the Marcel team, which is Marcel Garcia's va- variation. Although, uh, Elliot Gracie came up with what's known as a high elbow guillotine and probably someone else did too. But Marcel Garcia should be credited with a lot of innovations for that technique. And when you do the high elbow guillotine, which you've seen, um, a number of peep fighters in, in UFC do, uh, um, people, um, there was one last week, if I ever recall. Um, it's, it, you can't get eye gouged and you can't get punched in the groin if you're standing up as you do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the traditional can leave you open to those strikes. And, but this kid just stuck his fingers right in the guy's eye. Uh, but then, you know, the guy came back and, and you could see, uh, um, and oh, you know what else he was doing? He's rubbing his glove over a cut on the guy's eye. So he cut him and then he's rubbing it. It was, this kid is dirty, dirty fighter. But mm-hmm. you know what? You know what? It's, I guess, part of the business. You cannot have expect everybody to be. Did he uh, get points deducted? Did none, they see it? Nothing. None. They didn't see it. The ref didn't see it because I think he was like really being slick about how mm-hmm. he was cheating. Which is, you know, when I fought back in the day, I fought under uh, Valley Tudor rules. But a lot of the people I fought against, you know, the one thing you couldn't do was stick fingers in the eye. Probably like, you know, seven, eight times, guys mm-hmm. try to stick their fingers in my eyes, and. uh and or you know your or you know fish hook you, which is yeah. like grab your your flesh and your. Thanks skin. for not just demonstrating on me. I appreciate it. I who said I wasn't going to do that? Anymore? Help! <laughs> I need an adult. Yeah, you know, I, I I was just saying how much I enjoy being mean to you. <laughs> it's it's the sadistic side. I mean, anyway, but but um, but again, a referee failure and and very very unfortunate. But the kid. And it just shows how obviously eye gouges are, can be an effective move. But the Matthews, who's a, I, I believe he's a jiu-jitsu black belt. I think they said that. Or just a high level jiu-jitsu guy. You know, he adjusted. He protected his eye. He let go. And then he proceeded to beat the snot out of him more. Mm-hmm. And then he wound up um, winning the decision. But, um, you could tell his eye was bothering him because he was not expecting it. And his eye was bothering through the fight. But he was very, very classy in the end. He's like, oh, things happen. You know, like that. And mm-hmm. very, very classy guy, Matthews. But, um, egregious, consistent fouling from the Chinese fighter, which is a real shame because, you know, when you're considered, I think sometimes the pressure of, you know, representing your country or this or that is so big that you, you know, you kind of do anything to win. Like, uh, the movie that's come out, I, Tonya, we remember the Tonya Harding story, mm-hmm. you know, okay, we're going to hire some people to break her kneecap uh, or I don't know if she hired them, but you know, whatever, yeah. you know, but, but the winning becomes the be all and end all versus, you know, having, having an awesome honor and its integrity and, you know, that just wasn't it. Um, anyway, unfortunately. Anyway, on to, uh, Romero and Rockhold. What do you think of that? Well, he didn't make weight. I first, know. first drama. He didn't we make weight. We talked about that last week about the dangers of weight cutting. And he, he, uh, they say he was very close to fainting too, which is mm-hmm. why they, uh, they said, okay, we're just, we're done. You know, like he was, he was entering that territory of like danger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's 187, I believe, is what he weighed in the day two, of the fight. 2.7 two, two two pounds over, right? Yeah, so not, not bad, but still couldn't get the uh, the belt because it w- they wouldn't have sanctioned the fight as be a, to be an interim belt holder fight. Yeah, so right, right. That stinks. Yeah. So the, the, the belt's still not uh, 
Nobody has the belt <laughs> for right now. Um, surprising. I mean, Rockhold is such a strong fighter. Yeah, totally I mean, agree. Yoel Romero is obviously a strong fighter as well. And and if, if you just look at him, you're like, that guy's on drugs, man. How the hell does he look like that? How is his body that... You like, know, what, has he got 1% body fat? And he's in, he's a, almost 40. He's 40. Yeah, he's 40. 40. Yeah, 40. I think he's at 40. And um, Yoel Romero is a very interesting thing. And that's kind of going to segue into, as I said, I want to talk about, um, you know, kind of martial arts in general and use Romero as an example. And one of the commentators said something very interesting. And But I want to also say that I was watching. She, my wife's like, what's Yoel Romero's style? And I'm like, mm. that's a good question because – he never does the same thing. Yeah, I heard he, a, the the words I heard was unorthodox a lot. Very unorthodox, and and it's funny because he trains. Uh, obviously, obviously, he's a very high level wrestler. But did you notice how many times he shot a takedown in that or grappled at all in that fight? A lot of strikes zero, though, yeah, zero, nothing, yeah. no grappling. So, and he does that a lot. Like I, I don't see him as an aggressive grappler. Um, he's he's very often compared to. Um, to that other Cuban de judoka. Um, I forgot his name, but you know, that guy actually does grapple. Um, but Romero just, he just punches and he was very aggressive puncher. Very, very very aggressive. Yeah. He has a lot of knockouts and, um, and that's it. And he'll like take a lot of time off. He'll wait, he'll wait, he'll wait. And then he'll just explode (laughs) and he'll just blast you. He'll blitz you, you know, boom. He'll just go three, 300% balls of wall, bam. And then you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? And every, not everything. It's like he is trained. He's well trained. But a lot of what he does, a lot, is technically wrong. I was talking to one of my striking instructors, uh, um, Rafael, and he's like, oh my God, the overhand that he threw, the first overhand <laughs> that he threw, he's like, oh, it was terrible. It was just the jab that set it up. There was a double jab that set up. That wasn't bad. Yeah. But he threw an over 10. He's like off balance, off side, everything. He does that all the time. He does weird, very weird, unorthodox stuff. How does he get away with it? He is a one percenter. He is one of those freak, yeah. gifted athletes. That's why you know he is like one percent of one percent. He yeah. is he is the guy that can do crazy things with his body that nobody else can do, and that's not even martial arts anymore. It's just Yo Romero's genetics. way <laughs> genetics, yeah, and and training too, like yeah, sure. physical training and and that. maybe some chemical enhancement too, but but. A years and years of training himself to be an amazing athlete. And, and it's not that he's an amazing athlete. Like he used his wrestling. I mean, Ben Askren was an amazing athlete, but you can see his wrestling in every single MMA fight. Mm-hmm. You know, he wrestles. Um, uh, same with, um, Damian Mai is a great jiu-jitsu guy. But, you know, he's always trying to use his jiu-jitsu. Yo Romero's a great wrestler. I mean, he, he was in the Olympics. Was he gold or silver? But Olympic level, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the championship round. And we never see him wrestle. Never seen him wrestle. All he does is sit there and try. His stance is wrong. It's all these weird, and he wobbles side to side. And and while he, like we were talking about movement, you know, and the way of moving, and, the, and this kind of like we were talking about it with Cormier, mm-hmm. where Cormier moves wrong. Now, Romero moves unorthodox, but he's always poised in the right way. It was very interesting. His hands are hands are not correct. But he's always poised to explode, like a, like, you know, some sort of like cheetah or something. Mm-hmm. He reminded me of his explosives, like some sort of like, you know, jungle cat, where just out there. And he'll just throw the kitchen sink at you. And he doesn't care if he's technically correct. He'll <laughs> remi- just blitz you. It reminds me of, uh, the drunken style of boxing. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not, that's not off base. He's very, yeah, he's very like that. 
Yeah. Unexpected. How do you yeah. train for somebody like Yoel Romero? Because obviously Rockhold is a great fighter and he's, you know, got a great record and he's powerful, but he didn't, tr- he didn't train. F- did he not train for Yoel Romero or did he just train for a fight? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Now, first of all, Rockhold was not doing badly in that fight. First of all, he broke Romero's leg. Yeah. He broke his leg. So Early. you got to, yeah, you got to give Romero credit for being such an amazing, tough, grit the grit and heart and determination of this fighter is mm-hmm. unbelievable so that's that's part of it too you know but he was doing a leg strategy that was working but you know rockhold is amazing but he showboats he drops his hands and he mm-hmm. was doing it and the thing is when you're dealing with someone with one punch power you should keep those goddamn hands up yeah like he's he's so good that he gets sloppy and and he's really good but he's so good that he does Things like Anderson Silva, remember Anderson Silva, standing in front of Weidman, hands down, squared up, like, come and get me. And then Weidman's like, okay, I'll come and get you. Yeah. Bonk, your career's Seriously. over now. You know, like, you Respect can't. Respect it, you know. Yeah, and, and, and Romero uh, is amazing power. How do you train for a guy like that? And I'll tell you, you know, it's funny, because I looked a lot at Luke Rockhold's training camp. We were discussing mm-hmm. that he was training with the um, Henry Hoof's fight team, mm-hmm. combat club, and he's not at AKA. But a lot of times, and I notice this a lot, and we talk about, like, what's the difference between MMA and self-defense? Like, you know, and, you know, my, my short answer is there's no difference, but that's not really true. There's difference. There is a difference. And what is the difference is that um, a lot of times when you're in, in fighting, especially like you can watch a Muay Thai match or, or even a Jiu-Jitsu match, and, and it's very much like you know what to expect. And it's this rhythm that we agree to. Like, you punch me, I punch you, punch me, I punch you, blah, 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 back and forth. You know, it's this rhythm, and we kind of like go back and forth and we trade. But we have the same kind of energy rhythm, you know? And um, it's kind of like this. It's not like, I'm not doing anything, bap, and I go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, violence in a self-defense encounter. While it's the same punch, it's unexpected and explosive, Whereas if I'm standing in front of you and we're training in the gym and you're helping me get ready for a fight, it's sort of like we know what's coming, like I'm ready. But Romero is so like he lulls you into this, uh, lulls you into this sense of like it's not coming, not, and then bam, hmm. he gets you. And it's very, it's much more like street violence than it is like a trained fighter. Like if you look at, if you look at, for example, like we were looking at Hunt and, um, and, 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 and Blades. Like they're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It wasn't like they weren't fighting. You know, they're, they're, maybe they backed off on each other, but then they came in. Romero does nothing. He does nothing. He dance around, dance around, and then he just explodes in your face. Mm-hmm. And how do you train for someone like that? Well, I have some ideas. You know, we, we were in, in one of our fights, we were, we were facing a guy who had a very, uh, very powerful hands and uh, had very, very quick knockouts. And what you have to do is you have to tire them out. And Rocco did not do that. He did not. He was just kind of fighting Romero like he fought everyone else. And I think it wasn't that he's a bad fighter. It's fight IQ and, you know, tactics, mm-hmm. not technique. And his tactically, he wasn't sorry. He was just trying to fight him like everybody, the other fighter. I think in his head, he was like saying, I'm so good. I don't need to adapt to Romero because Romero's technique kind of sucks. So I just have to watch that he doesn't hit me and then I'll do my thing. And it was working for him. And then he was like, he was hitting with the jab, hitting with the jab. And most of that fight, I would say that Rockhold was doing a little bit better, mm-hmm. you know, and then until he. It's a little yeah. mental rope-a-dope. Right, 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 right. Instead yeah. of physically tiring him out, he was getting him mentally weak. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a that's an incorrect way of looking at it. He was like, you know, this is Romero back and forth, back and, forth, and he does nothing, and then boom, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and he did hit. I mean, he did hit Rockhold. He did hit Rockhold, but Rockhold, I would say, is consistently hitting him with that jab. That jab was in Romero's face. Now he did. Romero had a couple flurries, but you could tell that Rockhold's technique on on Romero's like he led with that. The first kick thing he did was throw that kick, and he's like, let me take the legs out from this guy. So he, it was it was working, but. He was, he was, he got to, he has to keep his hands up. Yeah. Anybody like that poses a tremendous danger to you. And he did not yeah. respect the danger. The same thing with Bisping. He just didn't respect the danger. But, you know, um, you have to, you can never un- underestimate the ability of someone to hurt you mm-hmm. and untrained or trained. And, um, I think sometimes trained fighters think like an untrained guy can't hurt them. Now I'm very well trained, Matt, and you are not so well trained. But if I'm talking here to your wonderful wife over here and you come behind me and surprise out of the blue, hit me over the head with a baseball bat, you know, probably my training's not going to do me that much good. You know, give me the bat, (laughs) you know, you know, like, you know, never underestimate a person's ability to, to, to do harm to you, to hurt Mm -hmm. you. And I I tell my, my students this all the time. If you are, want to prepare for self-defense, you have to understand that everyone out there has a pot potential to do you damage. And what do you do? I like to say go back to old school basics. Either make distance so they can't reach you or clinch up tight so they cannot bring their power to bear mm-hmm. and tire them out and then, then go in for the kill, you know? Um, and that's not what Rockle did. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, think, I think he was just afraid to grapple with uh, Romero too because Romero is, a, is quite a good grappler, yeah. but I think he should have tried. I think Rockhold's strategy um, would have worked on nine out of ten fighters. Yeah, you know, and I agree. Romero was, uh, you know, like he's the one percent. He's unique. You know, he's unique. he uh, he uh, kicking him in the leg and breaking his leg in the first round would have been it. Yeah, for most fighters. Oh, totally. So uh, he wasn't wrong in his strategy. It just was not maybe tailored correctly to the to the correct fighter. And, and right, how, and which like means you said, that, which you, honestly, but I, I agree wrong. with you. Yeah. It was wrong. It yeah. was if it's not tactically correct for that. Mm-hmm. milieu then it's not tactically sure. then it's not correct but but you're right it wasn't it's not nobody's saying Rockhold is a bad fighter Rockhold is a, a very very skilled fighter yeah I, I mean he fought my friend David Branch who is I can attest that David Branch is an amazing fighter and you know he he did very well against him you know he he, he really did well and Rockhold is is skilled but you can have all the skill in the world but if it is not in the right context you know, you don't using it strategically and tactically. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be, you know, your your. Uh, it, it, it's not going to be, be efficiently used. You know, what I mean, if you're not mm-hmm. using it correctly, you obviously can't take those efficiencies to the to the potential. Mm-hmm. I mean, to reach their potential. Yeah. Um. But you know, that brings me to to you know what I wanted to talk about, and I I believe you know I said. Romero is the closest fighter. Now, all all of UFC fighters are violent guys. You know, I mean, they, they're doing violence, not violent guys, but they are fighting. They they know how to punch. They know how to hurt people. They know how to throw people. But the unexpected nature and the non-technical nature of his techniques, the aggress, the intense aggressiveness and unexpected, reminds me of the approach of military style training. It really, really does. Um, that's not to say that Romero isn't trained. He is a very well-trained fighter. Obviously, he's done many years of high-level wrestling. He's a very skilled boxing coach when he was at ATT. And it seems like he's de- 
distanced himself a little bit from ATT, not officially, but he has a different coach. But, um, uh, he has trained in a lot of combat arts, but his, his, his orientation where he uses his aggression first and foremost and his unexpected attack is kind of the nature of most military martial arts. You know, like if, um, if you go into the military and you, you were never in the service, right? Were you no, in the service? Right. No. I, um, so if you go into the military, you do your basic training and you have some hand to hand combat training. Now, um, if you're in the military, the military, um, uh, the, the Marines, they have the Marine, um, martial art program. Uh, the military used to, the, they used to have their line training and it's used to be based on historically, uh, the Fairbank system, which is a British, um, he was a martial artist, but he took a lot of, you know, things from different sources, Asian martial arts and, and developed like a, an old school, you know, kind of rough and ready way to teach soldiers submit, mm-hmm. but, you can't, you know, if you're in basic training for nine months or nine, um, nine weeks, excuse me, what is your primary purpose as a modern soldier? To learn how to work as a unit, how to shoot or drive a tank or whatever it is your skill. Those are always your primary focus. So like we were saying in, in ancient martial arts, you know, uh, the primary focus of most ancient martial arts was to learn to use a weapon. It's the same today. You know, you're going to be using machine gun. Then if that fails, you probably have a pistol if you're an officer or you have a knife or, you know, your friend has a mortar or whatever. You know, you're dealing with these modern implements, high-powered, fi- you know, rifles, things like that. Mm-hmm. If you get to hand-to-hand, there's a tremendous failure of mission. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like – I mean, you open up Black Belt Magazine and you go see like, oh, um, you know, this is the Navy Steel-inspired, you know, training or blah, 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 blah. I've had the pleasure to work with some military people and I can tell – you that, you know, by their own account, they spend in, in the military, they spend much more time on learning how to shoot, learning how to do their MOS, which is their specialty, you know, whether it's navigation or, or if it's, um, radio operator or whatever their, you know, it's, you know, their skill set is. Mm-hmm. They spend much more time on that, much more time on that than they do on learning hand to hand combat. So most soldiers are actually pretty terrible at hand to hand combat in terms of technique. Because the military says, look, we don't have time. We have to do all these other things. So what are we going to do? We're going to max out your aggression. And you're going to bring all your physical attributes to bear. So you're going to be in pretty good shape. Generally speaking, so our, you know, we keep our soldiers in pretty good shape. And you're going to go zero to 100, zero to 150 in seconds, rah, and just go primal on the person. Mm-hmm. And we'll teach you these like, you know, face, Punches with your palm or elbows or just simple techniques that you can bring to bear. And you can be very effective. I'm not saying soldiers don't know how to fight. I'm just saying that these combative arts that are very much in vogue today are not technically based. And Romero reminds me of that. He reminds me of that approach. And definitely he's technical. But he's also sometimes not technical, particularly in striking. He breaks the rules all the time. He's unorthodox. But his approach is aggression and unexpectedness, high powered aggression with, without you expecting it first and technique much later. And it's kind of interesting to see that. And you can see it was effective. It was very, very effective. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's not efficient, which brings me 
to the point is like everybody's into Krav Maga now and this and that. <laughs> and, you know, that's a kind of a combative oriented art. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or it's, um, the Israeli. Yeah, the Israeli, the right, right, right. And that's not to say, actually a lot of Krav Maga schools are changing, uh, a lot, especially one in LA, which I'm familiar with, which is basically adopted along with their eye gouging and, you know, that kind of like street stuff, the aggression stuff. Um, uh, they adopted an MMA program, pro- program. And I know a tremendous number of Krav Maga schools that, you know, are, are banding together with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or, or just, you know, they're, they're, they're improving their technical orientation to be these technical fighters. Mm-hmm. Because the, the combatives approach is not the highest level of efficiency. Now, if you are a trained soldier, one thing you don't have to worry about, going to jail. Obviously, right? You don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to Usually, kill. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> ah, fingers in your Jesus eyes. Christ. You know, like, you know, like, okay, I don't have to worry about that. Like, you know, now this guy, Li Jing Liang in the fight, you know, yeah. he puts his fingers in the guy's eye. Probably the UFC is going to have it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably going to talk about. And then if he had blinded the guy, he might even have faced some sort of charges or mm-hmm. something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So one, you know, there's in, in New York state, there's, um, a reciprocity of force, meaning if you push me, I can't, you know, take a knife and stab you, right? You know, there has to be an equivalency of force. Mm-hmm. So if you're threatening my life, I can use life-threatening force to, to fight back. But if you're just like pushing me around, I can't like stick my finger in your eye. You know, that's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of combative training is go to zero to 150 and be as aggressive and, you know, eye gouging, biting, rah, 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 like that. And yeah, of course, it's effective, but it could, it's going to lead you. To that was my it. tactic in in middle school: just go crazy. If somebody gets in a fight with you, just right. just yeah. act crazy, and they're not they're going to back away. <laughs> you know, I mean, you pee mean, your pants mean, and mean. throw stuff at them, <laughs> right? I don't condone that activity. <laughs> I'm glad you can interject some humor into the conversation. <laughs> I'm right? just peeing my pants right now. <laughs> um, you know, but, but, um, getting back to, yeah. you know, the, you know, then that, that, but I mean, you're making a joke, but you're right. If you don't know what to do, you're going to go primal. You're going to yeah. go instinctive. And the martial art orientation is different. It's like, let's take time to make you a skilled warrior, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the military orientation is different for the martial art of marksmanship, which is a martial art, martial mm-hmm. marksmanship. They take time to make you a great uh, uh, um, uh, 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 tactical Sniper shooter. Sniper, yeah. yeah. Or just a regular just a shooter. shooter. Yeah, but you have to be able to hit the person in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta know how to That's do that. That's harder right? than people think. Oh my God, especially with a handgun. The kickback? Oh my yeah. God, yeah, yeah no, yeah, absolutely. So that is where they take the time. Yeah. We're gonna make you, and you, they practice all the time. Mm-hmm. Then what they're not practicing to do is jabs and crosses and, you know, bobs and weaves. Mm-hmm. They don't do that. You know, however, there are a lot of people I know, um, uh, in the Brazilian Jewish community, one we talked about Jocko Wilnick and probably his, mm-hmm. now he's a Navy SEAL, high level. What did he do? He and, and like many other Navy SEALs on their own personal time do, uh, explore martial arts very, very seriously. Um, and that's great, you know, but, but it's not what the military tells them to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, on your personal time, you can totally do this. So there's a lot of Navy SEALs or, or Delta Force or whatever. I know in the British SAS though, they're one of the few that put a tremendous amount in, into training Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and they are supporting this, the, 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 the people doing that. Um, and it's funny, um, what's his name? Um, shoot the actor. He's always training with the Brazilian, the SAS Brazilian. Steven Seagal? No, no, no. No, he's an actual, um, he was in, he, uh, Tom Hardy. Oh. You know Tom yeah, Hardy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Bane, uh, Bane. Yeah. Oh, he's playing Venom too? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Right. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. So he is doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and mm-hmm. he always somehow he, 
he's has a connection with the British uh, special forces. And he's British, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he has a connection with them, and mm-hmm. he's always grappling with them. And you can see that they they put a tremendous time learning Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but that's not even still. I guarantee that is not part of their like nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, military schedule. So you know these these combatives actually most f- putting aside those people who on their recreational time learn to fight, combatives are really not efficient, and they're not they're not that great. And 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 you're like, you know, but what does this have to do with martial arts or whatever? But, you know, I think a lot of martial arts, ancient martial arts, were also combatives. So uh, I, I look deeply at certain traditions, mostly Japanese, but you look at others and you can say, like, hmm, that is not really that, like, efficient. You look at modern-day boxing, you look at modern-day judo or jiu-jitsu, you can see that the efficiency of the move are very, very high. And you look at, like, a move from, you know, the 19th century, maybe some traditional jiu-jitsu or something, you're like, hmm, okay, that's like a strength move. That's a guy, you know, exploding. I'm going to push your elbow really hard and smash it to the ground. And if you don't have some force behind it, mm. it's not going to work because the leverage is not really solid or not, not, not as, as, uh, uh, as high a level of leverage as, as what we know today. And, you know, still the combatives world is stuck there. And we, we have, um, so many combatives that are like you, you're not so much in the martial art world, Matt, but if you open up a black page of black magazine, all it is is like Navy SEALs and, you know, you know, Delta Force operators or this or this or that. And like, honestly, these guys, most of them, barring the people who train on the outside, are not technical guys. They're aggression based paradigms. Mm-hmm. And Krav Maga is, is kind of in that aggression pace paradigm. And I got a lot of people who aren't really gonna not maybe like to hear that, but if you're an 80 pound girl and you punch a 210 pound guy in the face, he's gonna be like, now I'm gonna grab your hair and smash you against the wall. Mm-hmm. And if you try and stick your finger in his eye or kick him in the nuts, yeah, try and kick him in the nuts, see what happens. He's gonna be like, Pah. you know, mm-hmm. that's not gonna work. Now, if you put him in a rear naked choke, if you can get there and put him in a rear choke, it will work. An 80 pound girl can choke out a 250 pound guy if she, her technique is sharp. Mm-hmm. But that takes years to develop. It takes years and years and years. But I know I trained, um, with, uh, some, some girls, uh, who are really great black belts under Higi Machado, uh, Professor Cindy Omatsu and Professor, um, uh, Felicia O. And they were very small. And incredibly technical, and I've seen them devastate much, much, much larger guys. And even my academy, there are women who, who, who train regularly with guys who are 100 pounds heavier. And if the guy has no training and they do, you know, mm-hmm. it's, they can be very, very effective. And I tell you, if you train Krav Maga, like in the, in not the schools that are adopting the more MMA approach, but you know, the, the more, um, you know, eye gouge and growing, rah, you know, you're not one, you're, you know, you could wind yourself, if it's a guy, you could wind yourself in prison. Two, um, if the other person is equally aggressive or stronger, which yeah. most criminals are. Where do you go from there? Where do you go from there? Right, exactly. You're, now you just evened out. And he probably has more sense of fighting than you do because mm-hmm. he's a street guy. Like, mm-hmm. he's a bad guy. So, you know, I find for civilians, especially unarmed, if you are big in training in an aggression-paced paradigm, you aren't exploring leverage. And... um and it's really kind of like a, it's kind of like a dead end. But that doesn't mean you can't be effective if you're Yo Romero. So if you're highly, um, uh, athletic, highly athletic and a one percenter in the terms of what you can do with your body, 
man, you don't need technique. Even Elliot Gracie said that. He goes, ah, those big guys, they don't need jujitsu. Hmm. And, and that's true. You know, like if you are like really in shape and really big and you're not a small guy, right? Um, but you really like just hit the bag really hard and just got a sense of like how to be aggressive and powerful. Learn to, you know, now you wouldn't, you wouldn't need to be technical, mm-hmm. right? If you, and again, if you took me by surprise. So yeah, but they, it's based on that kind of paradigm of you being stronger, you being more aggressive and you having the advantage, the surprise. And, and that's not, that's not how things play out very often in, in the real world. What are you going to surprise me when I'm the bad guy? I'm the guy who's going to surprise you. Right. And probably as a predator, as a predator, what I'm going to do is size up who's the smaller, weaker person compared to me. What am I going to like attack Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, like, dude, if, if, if I'm a street predator, I'm going to find out, even if you're bigger than me, you know, but I'm going to wait till you're like sleeping on the subway. Sure. You know, so these, these, these aggression paced paradigms are kind of a dead end. Not dead end. That's, that's unfair, but they're very limited. And, and I'll tell you, it's funny because training with some people, I, you know, I have to be a little bit more circumspect with who, who their names, I can't say them, but, but I've trained with some people who, who are in the, uh, you know, security personnel community and, and also protective community military. And if you put a gun in their hand and I'm less than, I'm more than a foot away from them, I'm dead. There's no question. They can shoot a penny off my, you know, finger. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. Their tactical orientation in, in squats, is amazing. That's what they know. When I grabbed them, and let me tell you, these guys were incredibly conditioned, incredibly conditioned, and bigger than me. And I, and I'm not trying to say that I'm so great. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the arts that I studied were really great. It was like taking candy from a baby, hmm. especially 45 seconds in when the, when they're like, holy crap. Yeah. My explosive <laughs> aggression didn't work. Now I'm freaking tired. Yeah. And now I'm like, hmm, now you're going to feel what jujitsu is. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be that anaconda wrapping around you. And you have no idea what I'm doing to you. And, and, and that's why I'm not really a proponent of aggression paced paradigms. But as I said, it's interesting to see it in the UFC because really Yoel Romero's, uh, an aggression based fighter. He, he's, he's, he's not a technique. That doesn't mean that other fighters aren't aggressive, but he's like, technique is like way down on his list. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to surprise you and blitz you. Yeah. And I don't care if I'm doing anything right. Interesting. Yeah. And he, he, he's obviously his pain tolerance to fight through a broken leg mm. is off the charts. That's, that's amazing. Like he, you know, for him, that's a pretty amazing, amazing, uh, uh, and, and very effective paradigm. And, you know, it didn't work in Whitaker's case because Whitaker was like, he played on the outside. He did the same thing. He took his legs out and, uh, Whitaker really gave Romero a clinic. And I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to re, once Whitaker's back, I think it's a replay because Whitaker is going to show the limitation mm-hmm. of a person ready. Unlike, unlike Rockhold was like, Hey, I have my hands down, you know, <laughs> you know, I, you suck. So, you know, I'm not going to really respect you, mm-hmm. but he's going to be like, no, I respect this guy. Now I'm going to show you how I t- pick him apart, which is what he did the last time. Mm-hmm. You know, a technical fighter will pick up, pick up well trained and properly oriented will always have the advantage over an aggression based paradigm. Now, am I criticizing the military, the armed forces for doing what they do? No, because they only have a limited amount of time to train their people. It's, it's the proper decision 
for their context. Because they have to focus on shooting or driving a tank or this or that. They don't have time to teach the guy. And it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a small scenario. If you're on the battlefield and you find yourself without any weapons and in a hand to hand grappling situation, well, you know, where you really screwed up. Mm-hmm. You know, you, yeah. you, you really screwed up. Like you should, you should have your gun. Run away. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I mean, like you, you screwed up. So they're not going to not tell you what to do. But even if your weapon's unloaded, you know, they do the pugil stick kind of training. Mm-hmm. Like that's a weapon. You know, the butt of your rifle is very hard. Mm-hmm. That's, a, of course, they're, they're going to use that first. And they're not going to be doing, you know, hand, you know, Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. You, nobody does Muhammad Ali in a battlefield. <laughs> That's, you know, like, like, this is silly, right? <laughs> you're throwing rocks yeah, at yeah, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to dodge the bullets, unless you're more we're here. We actually bought an interview the story, and the Aikido guy claims that he can dodge bullets. Bullshit. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Total bullshit. Which brings me to the combative world, how it's gone, even, you know, because it's not really aggression-based paradigm, paradigm. The combative world is full, full of bullshit artists. Mm-hmm. I mean, not people who are legitimately teaching, okay, I'm, I'm the drill instructor, you're in nine weeks of here and just do this, this, this. Okay. I'm talking like serious, serious, like chi blast, like we talked about bullshit mm-hmm. artists. Now, there's this one guy, okay, his name, and he is the master of beautiful YouTube videos. And I'm going to call him out. His, uh, Fred Maestro, Maestro. Maestro. And let me tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play one of your videos after. He looks great. And he's like, bum, 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 bum. And if you didn't know anything about fighting, like, oh my god, this guy is skilled. And this is one kid in Korea too. He's the same thing. He's actually originally a dancer. So he, Mm -hmm. he's like a, he, he, he makes everything look like super cool. And you're like, oh my god, these combative guys are so great. And then this guy, Fred Masho, give, give him credit. He actually stood up and did an MA fight. I don't know why. Because he looks like shit. (laughs) Like utter, like he just takes Kagan down. Beating the crap out of him. He has nothing. None, none of his stuff works. Mm-hmm. So you're like, hmm, yeah, that sucks. You, you like, you don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> you're just full of bullshit, you know? And, and there's a Sistema. Have you ever heard of Sistema? No. Oh my God. Uh, I, I'll pull it up on my phone, but it's like the Russian version of the Chi Blast stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, there are many people in the Sistema world and some of them actually have certain interesting things about breathing this, but it's basically this bizarre art of like, it's bizarre. And there, there's, um, one guy, Rib, Ribko, Rib, Ribko, and he's all over YouTube. He's this big, chubby Russian dude. And he just, you know, chi blasts everybody. And how they can get away with it is because these, you know, one, it's marketing, but two, it's like, oh, when you don't follow an efficiency based paradigm through rigorous, rigorous live sparring, then you're gonna like kind of end up in La La Land. And here, I posted on the Martial Culture Market. Let me let me pull it up here. What I was talking about here, I, I posted on our web our web page. This is this is exactly what I'm talking about, right? And this is not Ribco, Ribco, whatever his name is. But um, let me find this for you. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah. So it's you're gonna you're gonna be like, what the hell is that? I've seen Dragon Ball Z. I know what a cheap blast is. Oh yeah, you know, you know, it's it's about Kamehameha, or is that how he does it? Right here we go. This is it. This is it. Look, this guy's like doing gun disarms. Check that. Just watch, watch that. Okay, is this guy doing like crazy like gun disarm? This is ridiculous. It's like in slow motion. Yeah, but it's also look at like. Do you think this is gonna work? And you're this is what he shows. Just put the point the gun down and shoot him in the butt. I know, right? Right. He's like swinging his leg over and this and that. It's like something out of a like a Jackie Chan joke. It is. Movie. It's choreographed. Yeah, 
and and it, and it and like he's actually put, he just put the gun like pointed towards his crotch. I know, right? No, the other one goes towards his head. He's actually like pointing the gun towards that. Like it's ridiculous, right? And this guy is actually teaching martial arts because you know these guys, these com- combat look. <laughs> look, this is ridiculous, right? And this is. <laughs> I'm sorry you guys can't see this. Yeah, yeah. It's on the website. Yeah. So it's, it's, I posted Good it on, Lord. uh, yeah, it's called worst gun arm, gun, gun disarms industry. I posted on January 17th. And this is the, 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 um, the world of combatives. Now, mm. not to say that there aren't guys out there in the combatives world who are legit, but, um, but one, when you go down the path of, you know, n- not sparring, you know, not day to day in and out and finding what works best in sparring, which is the search for efficiency. Right? When you go down that path, you can very often wind up in the same chi blast world. And mm. you know what? That's kind of interesting because like, okay, we're in the 21st century, but maybe this is how like some of those ridiculous martial arts developed in ancient China, you know, where it's like, huh, okay, they didn't really fought, fight because they were more focused on swords. And they said, oh, what if, okay, how about this? And they never tested it out. And mm. then that became kind of like a thing. That's possible. I can't say for sure. Uh, because obviously I haven't done the research, but, um, but, uh, I'll post, I'll see if I can find a few more. There's just some, some here that are just so, so ridiculous. Let me, um, let me see if I can pull up another one. It's just for your, just from your enjoyment, Matt. <laughs> now yeah. the movie Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, that's accurate, right? That was a documentary. Total. Total, Total documentary. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 absolutely. You, you didn't know that? No, that's Chow Yun Fat. And, uh, yeah. actually, actually, legit. you know what? That, that, I have to, oh, here we go. He got Rapco. Okay. This is, look, look, look what he's doing. Look at his in. He's, 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 this fat Russian dude. And, you know, and. Hammering he, yeah, something? Yeah, I don't know if you know. Like, he's, yeah, he's, I don't even know what he's doing here. He's just, let's get to what he does. He's charging his chi. He's, yeah, it must be. Yeah, With it's the like hammer. His, That's yeah. his chi force look, hammer look, look stick. Look at that guy should be dead. <laughs> yeah. The one inch punch? Yeah, like, look at that. This is, yeah, you see how ridiculous it is, right? Oh. His heart <laughs> just exploded, I think. Yeah, I know, right, right. He's going to pull it out of his stomach now. You know, road, uh, roadhouse guys. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And this is, this is, this is a guy who claims to be, you know, in the combatives world. What's his name? Mikhail Ryab- Ryabko. Right. And, um, anyway, so, and he is not, um, oh yeah, this is, this is just ridiculousness. He, he's not alone. And, um, there's Black Belt magazine is filled with our homegrown American based guys mm-hmm. who are just selling out of garbage. It's like the uh, X-ray specs from the fifties in the back of the comic books. <laughs> People are selling, uh, you know, that's snake oil exactly salesman. that's exactly what it is, you know. And um, and when you put the imprimatur of Navy Seal or you sure. know combatives, you think like, oh, these guys know what they're doing. Let me tell you, most Navy Seals, in my experience, when they are not trained outside don't really have a great, really solid grasp of technical fighting. Mm-hmm. Can they be aggressive? Can they be effective? Yes. But are they efficient and technical? No. Mm-hmm. They're just, you know, big, strong guys who know how to throw their weight around. And very effectively, let me tell you, aggression is nothing to sneeze at. We saw with Romero. Aggression is serious. But it's not something you can study. It's just you. Mm-hmm. It just, you just go, 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 you know, silverback on the guy. Ah! Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, it's not a martial art anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just be as aggressive as you can and swing your fist in the direction of the guy's face or palm in the direction mm-hmm. of the guy's face. Let's just do what you, do what you gotta do. Interesting. And, and, uh, I had, I had a, I had a train, friend, uh, uh, 
chance to train with, uh, he, he was a retired military guy, but he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's also um, a, a ex-former MMA fighter. And he, he basically explained this to me. I, I don't want to say his name. and I don't think he wants to be mentioned on air. But um, but uh, but very, very served our country with extreme distinction. And uh, kind of like Tim Kennedy, you know, went into the MMA world. Even if you're familiar with Tim Kennedy, he's a... Heard the name. Right, right. right. He's yeah. a, he fought for, for Strike Force title. He fought Jacare. Mm-hmm. He, he's now actually revamping the he's the combatives approach in in the, in the military because the military realizes that their approach is very limited. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? They adopted Gracie Jiu Jitsu and they adopted an MMA paradigm after that. So you kind of so they're like, hmm, you know, this other stuff kind of sucks. So let's do this instead. And the Gracies were very smart as so they pared down the program to a certain amount of stuff that's very very important. This is like the thirty two most important moves, and you get a sense of those thirty two most important moves and how to put them together. And that's a real good place to start to be a technical fighter. Mm-hmm. And after you get those, you can branch out off on your own. But you have a really good foundation. And you know, uh, I think people understand that I'm kind of a fan of uh, Henner and Halleck and those those the, the Gracie Academy guys. And you know, they're a little controversial, but. Their approach to help certain police officers with their tactical stuff or the military to offer some, hey, you have limited time. This is the best way to get technical and tactical. Let me tell you, I think it's, I think it's a good system out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I'm not in the military, but it's better than what they were doing before. What the military was doing before was, you know, just not, you know, you, you better be, you better be really aggressive, dude. Or, or put a knife in the guy's hand. You know what? You know what? That's another thing is mm-hmm. like when you're an aggressive grape based paradigm and you have a knife. Yeah. You don't really have to be a technical. When you t- look at knife fatalities, <laughs> right? When you look at knife That's fatalities, true. you know, a lot of times it's like a woman ca- killing a guy in a, in a, Domestic you know, lover's live. Yeah. Right. Because, because when you're a 98 pound, that's why we have knives and guns. Because when you have a 98 pound woman and she puts a, you know, a butcher knife in her hand and she swings at a 200 pound guy, she can kill that guy, mm-hmm. right? But barehanded, nothing, right? So that's why we obviously have invented weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a force multiplier. Now, when you take those weapons away, you better know what you're doing if you really want to protect yourself uh, in a self-defense scenario. Mm-hmm. And, oh, of course, like I said, that guy, the fake guy, Maestro, if you want to step in the ring, you better know what you're doing. <laughs> or bring a knife. Yeah, yeah right, right, exactly. <laughs> or, or, you know, in Jiang Liang, he wasn't good enough, and he tried to eye gouge the guy in the fight last night. Mm. And it just shows that's a, com- that's a aggressive combatives approach. And it didn't work. Panicked and went back. He went primal. He went primal. I, I think he went, he went. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but it also <laughs> didn't work against the fighter. So yeah. you saw Ro- Romero. And it's kind of interesting. His combative almost approach, although obviously he's, he's a world class wrestler. So it's not like he hasn't, doesn't have high level martial art training. Mm-hmm. Um, but his, his more aggressive, aggression-based approach worked. But when Li Jinglang, uh, I mispronounced his name, tried to do a foul technique to get out of a technique, to, to, to win the fight, okay, the guy get out of the technique, and then he just continued to beat the snot out of him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, it's just it's a limited paradigm. And this is why the dirty secret of Krav Maga is that most of it is not going to work for a civilian. And, and they know it. So what they do, they, they kind of integrate much more, um, MMA based training paradigms. You know, kickboxing is not originally what Krav Maga, you know, but was. Mm-hmm. And now you go to any Krav Maga school, what are they doing? They're, they're teaching you kickboxing. They're like dirty, what you, Bruce Lee used to call dirty boxing or, or, um, you know, where it'd be boxing, but maybe also, I'll also maybe finger jab you in the eye mm-hmm. as well, but you still have to have the technique to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, uh, the del- the delivery systems, the timing, the distance, the movement, the, the 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 technique of your of your martial art, is what civilians should be really be focused on. That's what's going to you know how to how to 
how to overcome, especially in jiu-jitsu, how to overcome a larger adversary who started the fight after he sucker punched you. Mm-hmm. Not, not what are you doing when you're at your best? What are you doing when you're at your worst? You get sucker punched, your head smashed against the wall. Okay, how do you fight back? Right. You better know some leverage. You better know some technique. You're, you're, you're shit out of luck if you don't. <laughs> you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Don't anyway. meet crazy with crazy. Yeah, yeah. Don't, exactly. Right. You know, don't, that's a great way of saying it. Hashtag don't meet crazy with crazy. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag it. Yeah, yeah. Make it go viral. So that's, that's my, that's my take on the UFC and, and how we can kind of see the limitations but also the success of an aggression-based approach. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that he had the, uh, the the conditioning to 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 dip into that aggression well multiple times, which is what if you're on the street and you're just kind of aggression and adrenaline-based, you're going to run out of gas, and you better have technique behind. Not only that, there's nobody in this planet, very few people, I should say. I'm sorry, very few of these people on this planet are as athletic as Yoel Romero. Like mm-hmm. I said, he's a one percent of one percent, so he can do whatever the hell he wants. Mm-hmm. He's a one percent of one percent. I still say he's on drugs. Oh, for sure. For, <laughs> no, yeah, 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 yeah. And yes, drug, drug, drug to the gills, yeah. probably right. Because yeah. the all the former, you know, Eastern Bloc, so you know, Soviet co- client state colonies were all like doing some sort of genetic manipulation. I mean, uh, uh, he was grown in a lab. No, not you genetic, heard it here first. No, no, I mean, um, <laughs> uh, you know, um, drug manipulation. Drugs, yes. But you know that's the that's probably going to be the future. The future is going to be the genetic manipulation. I think one of these days we just have computers fight against each other and we'll just yeah, watch like it real, in the simulation. Like real steel. Yes. Yeah, the robots. Yes. Yeah. But better with no Hugh Jackman. Well, you're not a fan of you get Hugh Jackman? Not in that movie. He was weird. He's good it's Wolverine. A kid's movie. He's it's a good a Wolverine. Wolverine. And that's it. Retire or Jean Valjean. Right. That's he a good played one. Jean Valjean. Yeah. Oh, I missed that one. We'll go check it out. Les Mis. Les Mis, yeah. yeah. It, was the, it was the newer version? Yeah, it came out like four, four years ago. I remember the 90s Les Mis version. Not, not yeah, the musical. I mean, it was, a, it was well, with Who the, was in that? Uh, no, we're getting way off topic. It was... Um, uh, Richard, no, Richard Gere. <laughs> no, it was the Australian... <laughs> the guy that played Qui-Gon Jinn in uh, Star Liam Wars. Neeson, yes. Liam Neeson, Liam, yes. Yes, yeah. that's right. Well, we see. You have we, some culture there, brought it around. Yeah, yeah Star yeah. Wars. Yes, <laughs> like I see Liam Neeson, Quiet Got Gin instead of like Taken or you know the uh, yeah, right? you know movie, how did I go there? You know you know what movie I enjoyed him in? It was The Gray. Have you seen The Gray? The one with the wolves, right? Yeah, I did not. They see want it. to talk about like tapping into your inner aggression. That was primal. But it's primal. Just the trailer it, alone yeah, made me excited. I love that movie. It's like it's like you know dig into into your inner mm-hmm. inner animalistic warrior because you're fighting animals. Yeah, right. You know? There's a new movie out with uh, uh, Idris Elba and. Uh, the lady from Titanic, Kate Winslet, where they're like they got tr- a plane crash in the middle of the wilderness that looks similar to uh, to that movie. And Idris Elba, it, you know Idris Elba, you know he has that uh, the show where he's a kickboxer. What's it's a documentary. No, it's interesting. Oh, it's a documentary. Yeah, no, no, but but he basically he is a kickboxer. No, basically he said I want to try my hand in the ring, and everybody thought he was full of shit that he was going to be like you know some superstar, but but he actually trained really really hard. They made a documentary mm-hmm. of it. His entire uh, camp, and he actually does a fight. He looks pretty good. Yeah. And for like, I mean, he he's looks his, pretty good. Tell me. About no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, his technique. <laughs> no, you know, like he really, really applied himself to yeah. be a, a warrior. And um, the, the show has some gimmicks, and that he meets yeah. lots of different martial arts. He goes to Japan, meets a, like an Okinawan uh, uh, karate master. He goes here, goes mm-hmm. there. So they had a little quirks, but but day in day out, he's training very hard. I'm sure. He's and very when focused. he when he when he went into his kickboxing match. He, he looked like a, like a, like a, like a fighter. I mean, he mm-hmm. wasn't like super, super high level, but you gotta give the guy credit. And he said it was, uh, one of the hardest things he did. 
And, but he applied himself. It was about a year mm-hmm. of nonstop training and, um, and, and they follow him around. So, so, you know, hats off to him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, he continues to train this day, as I understand. Like he, he's now made martial arts part of his life. That's good. You know? All right. So, um, getting to the end of the show, um, we have the, the bet still on the table for, for Rose versus Joanna coming up in uh, April. We still haven't figured out what's going to happen to, to Renee after, uh, Rose wins. No, you know, Rose is not going to win. Crap. Joanna's going to win. I'm in trouble. Um, so there's going to be voting on social media to decide what, what punishments handed out. Yes, yes, but, but what am I doing to you? We don't know yet. Yes, you're right. So, so the, the, the listeners are going to decide what I do to you mm-hmm. and what you do to me. Yeah. So keep an eye on uh, social media pages for voting. Oh, you know what? You know what's a good one? Huh. You have to train at my academy for a month. That would be good. Do I have to pay for it too? No, 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 well, no. Hell yeah, let's do it. I hope Rose wins. <laughs> but you have to train. Like we have to be like. I have to be serious. Be serious, it? right? Oh, that's geez. like four times, five times a week for a month. I don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> um, well, I hope Rose wins now because I would love to do that. Um, no, no, okay, that, that that's bad then. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I hate working out. Um, so yeah, check us social media for that. Uh, Gotham. No, we're not Gotham. Well, Gotham podcast. Sure. Let's check it out. Um, but, uh, Marshall Culture, uh, podcast on, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, make sure you're voting on that. So we have, uh, engagement with you guys. And yeah. Also, who I would like to be interested in who people think are going to win. Maybe we could have a poll or who they think is, are going to win as well. Yeah. And then if you're wrong, we get to beat you up too. We're going to beat up our I'm going to beat you up, Matt. What, you're going to beat me up. Wait, you have wait, aggression listen. built into you. I feel it. I when you walk you, you in the studio. Me, you remind me of the bullies that, that picked on me when I was I've never kid. beaten up a single person my you, entire life. I just you, strangled you, cats. And you, you just tell me not to come here and, you know, you cancel my <laughs> podcast entry. You know, like, oh, I'm unwanted. No. I, I have I have issues, man. Well, no. this is not the place to, to work them out. <laughs> no, this no. Is, but, I'm you know, little by little, I want to get you into into training. Get you in shape, and you know. I did take a month of classes. Yeah, but you did. In the you, arts. you did that upstate, not not in my account. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I forgot. See what radicals all about. I'm excited. We have some. Radical oh, MMA. Check oh, it out. oh, yes. And next week, uh, I'll be away, so hopefully we can do the podcast next week. But um, I know I, I might think, reschedule. Yeah, I might have to. I might have to. Might be my. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be cornering one of my fighters next week, and uh, it's his MMA debut, so we're really excited. Well, let's try and to get this episode up in the next couple of days. Who are they fighting? How can they go? Can they watch it on TV on, or anything? Uh, no, you know, it's it's uh it's um uh, uh his first fight, so I don't think it's um I don't think it's televised. I think it's going to come out on YouTube afterwards. Mm-hmm. But it's in uh, Whitehall, New York. It's um XCP. Uh, um, uh, the ring is called XCP, like you know the UFC. Uh, and he, he, it's great. So unfortunately, his originally scheduled opponent tore his rotator cuff, so he's fighting someone. But actually, we're really, really happy. Hopefully, we get the opponent. Can't say his name right now, but the opponent we're going to be fighting is actually we believe we believe to be uh, more uh, technical than the original opponent. So we're very happy. You know, we're always there for the challenge. And um, is it Luke Rockhold? I heard he's looking for work. <laughs> no? no, it is okay. not. Okay. <laughs> Point. And uh, and then uh, uh, yeah, so so I'll I'll be away for Friday and Saturday, but hopefully I'll be back by Sunday as we can do the podcast. Well, good. If Look not, if not, I guess we'll we'll have another hiatus. If you're on the road, call. Yeah. Although there's a UFC next week too. There's um, oh, Jesus. there's it's another one every next weekend. Week. Yeah, every weekend now. No kidding. It's like <laughs> everywhere, and it's just the UFC. It's not even just like Bellator. You know, that's there. every weekend. There's UFC stuff and I'll, good cards too. Yeah. If you guys want out there want to sponsor us and have send us to the uh, the Rose and Joanna fight in <laughs> no, April, you, no, buy us tickets. Actually. 
you know what? I hate going to live. Buy me shows. tickets. I've never been to one. Hey, can I tell you? We know we don't. We're going to end the show, but can I tell you why I don't like going to live MMA events? No. Yeah, yes. <laughs> because you're invariably sitting about like, why are you humming up this motherfucker? Just get up there and punch him in the face. You're yeah. invariably sitting behind someone like that. Or, you know, drunk like crazy. Or, you know, the other thing is you can't see what's going on as much. Yeah, like there's the Jumbotron. And, and, and I, I like to sit at my home. And also, anytime I see something interesting, I constantly rewind it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you're recording at your home so you can, you can learn and research. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's more interesting to sit with my wife and enjoy the, and a lot of times I'll even turn the volume off. You know, just like really, really study mm-hmm. versus being part of that fan experience, which, um, is, I don't find, so so awesome, but I'm sure people disagree. If you if you want to buy tickets for me, I'm 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 more than willing to take them. <laughs> Anybody out there? You know, I used to I used to know someone in the UFC, and they used to always offer us free tickets. Um, but unfortunately, he he doesn't work for the UFC anymore. <sighs> yeah, but I I used to give them away. <laughs> I give them away all the time. I'm like, no, thanks. Get for out. It. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, please share, rate, subscribe. Um, give us thumbs up. No, not thumbs up. It's not YouTube. Well, it might be on YouTube. Um, five stars thanks for coming Renee and uh, hopefully we'll see you next week by face or you can call in uh, if you're on the road we can do a Skype oh interesting Skype interview. Yeah, yeah that's a good um, idea All right, it was always a pleasure Matt and if there's anybody out there who wants to be on the show as guests um, you know reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook and, and let us know why we should talk to you we'd love to have you in alright take it easy goodbye keep it sleazy <laughs> cut that out we're gonna cut that out I apologize are you really gonna that's cut it, it out yes that was <laughs> Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Marshall underscore culture and on Instagram at Marshall Culture Cast. Please leave a review on iTunes and we'll see you next time on the Marshall Culture Podcast.